you're just funny. It's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, see? Who well, are you? Bro, no apologies needed. Yeah, no apologies. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Yeah, we just uh, we just we just announced it. Um, what like last week? So she's like thirteen weeks. Good for you. I, yeah, dude. Thanks. You got any kids of your own? That's a loaded question. I picked up the lease on a few of them. <laughs> picked up the <laughs> lease on a few of them. So I bad. have <clears throat> I have my daughter who I adopted when she was two and a half. Nice. And then my wife has a daughter who is the exact same age as my niece, who is now my daughter. Oh, wow. So That's crazy. And then I have a stepson from my wife as well. So we have two 14, about to be 15-year-old girls. Wow. And then we have my 22-year-old son, and he's about to have a baby. Oh, wow. Congrats to so him. They, You're going to be a grandpa. They, yeah. Grand Danny in action. <laughs> Um, yeah, because all the kids call me Danny. Because, okay. So, because I adopted my, because my daughter was my niece who I adopted when she was two and a half. So she called me Uncle Danny for like the first month, and then it became Danny, <laughs> and that just stuck. Yeah. And she's always called me Danny, and then when I started dating my wife, her kids started just calling me Danny too, because. That's just how it worked. That's how it was. Yeah. Everybody it's, just calls me Danny. So it's pretty close to daddy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, when she was little, when she was going to kindergarten, you know, those, there was those daddy's girl shirts. We would change them to Danny's girl. We would just take a Sharpie and change the D's to N's. Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, that was a loaded question, but thank you for sharing with that. That's, that's, yeah, a, no that's a wild household you got going on, bud. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah, dude. We're uh, we're we're definitely stoked for sure. It's it's a very um, man. It's kind of like a surreal feeling when you first uh, are going to go down that path. You know, it's uh, because everything changes. I mean, everyone everyone always says that, and all my buddies that have kids are like, "Oh yeah, your life changes and your priorities change." And I'm like, "Come on, do they really? No way." And then once um, this happened, it's like, yeah, they they change. I think kids once they come. They make you the worst or best version of yourself. Ooh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So some people survive it and right. become out better people, and yeah. some people do not, and they become the worst version of themselves and continuously spiral mm. until they're 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 out of control and can't yeah. handle it. So and I, and I think a lot of it is just the pressure, right? Like people can't some people just can't handle the pressure and you know, maybe um not being selfish. I mean, that's that's the one thing at least I've noticed. I mean, even though she's not even born yet, um, we're having a girl, by the way. Uh, and it's everything that I'm doing now, whether it's work or food or grocery shopping, I'm always thinking like so far ahead. So I can't imagine because I'm just such a stickler and, you know, a Jew when it comes to money anyway. So it's like, so now I'm just like thinking six months in advance to where okay, so if I spend like $10 or less on my audio equipment or whatever, that that's $10 more that goes into her, her mouth. So, so. what I learned 
so I'm I'm big on words. I don't know if you've watched any of my stuff or yeah, yeah, it's great. Consumed man. any of my shit, but I love words. Words are very important to me. If I can give you anything about the word selfish, it's don't lose it. So selfish actually means to just focus on your own joy and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And if you don't focus on your own joy and pleasure, then you won't be a joyful dad to be around. The mm-hmm. thing you don't want to end up being is self-involved, mm-hmm. where you're shutting everybody else out of your world and nothing matters but you and whatever it is you have going on. And yeah, that's, that's there's a big difference in those two things. And I think people have... People spend a lot of time defining their words and their language based on how they feel about those words because of their life experiences. Mm. And I think if they can stop doing that and they can get away from it and understand that words are designed for a very specific reason in communication, Mm. it's a lot easier to not be offended and a lot easier to function in a group because you don't have to worry about what word you're saying as long as you're only worried about the specific definition of it. That's right. right. So if I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm super selfish. I really, you know, I like what I enjoy and I do my thing. I try not to be self-involved. I try yeah. to make sure that everybody's included in my joy. That's huge. Right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, lo- I love what you said, because even I'm guilty of it as well, even just now, you know, using that word selfish, where I think we all do that a lot, right? Because we, whether it's past experiences or just, you know, our ignorance of what a definition of a word is. Um, because words can just be thrown around and used so yep. loosely and right. And, and culture changes words and the meaning certain things. And, uh, then, you know, down the road, some of those words become offensive, even though they weren't 10 days ago. So it's like, it's one of these weird things where we don't really think too much. And sometimes we just kind of like vomit sentences. And I am guilty of that as well, because I, I talk a lot about selfishness and trying to think about, you know, her, even though she's not born yet. But I even do that to myself. You know, I, I tell my wife we have a very good relationship when it comes to doing what we want to do. Um, and I always use the anytime we get into like a, a a riff back and forth, I always use the analogy of going down on a plane. You know, what does the stewardess always say? The stewardess yeah. always says, put your mask on first before you can help a woman or a child in need. And that is because if you don't take care of yourself, whether that's for me, I talk a lot about on my podcast about mental health, physical health and, and financial freedom. And kind of social media's interaction between all those things. And I think a lot of it has to do with if you're not focusing on yourself mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, and you can't take care of your wife or your spouse or your kid. And you kind of have to focus on yourself more because, yeah, to your point, you got to not only keep your sanity, but it's also to protect everyone around you. You know, like I, I, I talk a lot about if I'm not physically and mentally well, then if something happens, God forbid, in my household or there's an apocalypse or something like that, I need to have not only survival skills, but the critical thinking skills, the physicality, the mental stability and emotion to take care of everybody around me, whether that's friends or family. So I think it is important that we take care of ourselves. And, you know, sometimes that that word selfish does get misconstrued a little bit. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's all that stuff. Yeah. And by the way, we are recording. I just go into it. If you, <laughs> it's fine, dude. So it's, I do the same thing. <laughs> just, uh, let's, so fuck it, let's go. Yeah, dude. Uh, so again, thanks, thanks for the time, and I appreciate you being on. And uh, I do love your content. Very educational, very entertaining. Um, Thank you. I've, I've only, I first originally saw you on TikTok. Um, yep. And uh, I know you have obviously other social handles, but if you can give the viewers a quick little cliff notes on kind of where you got your start, what you're doing now, and the type of content you put out. Yeah. So 
we just started the podcast recently. We've been doing the pod. We've been recording the podcast for just about six months, and we've just been posting content under the handle Money Supports Happy for nice. about four months. Very cool. uh, I I run a company called Burden Media. We are a content creation company. We help small businesses create content. It's called Burden Media because creating content is a fucking burden if you run a <laughs> yeah. business. Yeah. So we created a business that helps people create content so they don't have to worry about it. So we're not necessarily the influencers. We don't do the influencer style content. We do content for you and your brand. So it's nice. very much true to you and what you're doing and how you're doing it. Awesome. We decided we were getting a lot of flack because we tell businesses, depending on what your business is and depending on what you do for a business, you don't need millions of followers. You need 500 great followers. You need 2000 mm -hmm. amazing followers. You need followers when you're a small business that are gonna recommend your business to other people. They're gonna see you, they're gonna see what you do. They're gonna call you up, ask you for your service or product. They're gonna love it. And then they're gonna tell everybody else about it. So the goal for us is to showcase the quality people behind a brand. The it's quality people provide a quality service and product. So mm -hmm. we keep telling people how to, there's multiple ways that you can go viral on the internet, right? You can be right. a complete douchebag and, and, and prank people and hurt people and do it from a, from a very scary place. And, and it's fun for you and as long as it's fun for them that's great you can you can do that thing and as long as everybody involved is having fun great and then there's you know you can be what we profoundly call a thought leader where boy or girl you can take your clothes off and look really hot and mm -hmm. good for you you look great and you should model and do your thing and that's awesome that's yeah. you know there, there's nothing wrong with being a model on social media it's no different than being a model in a magazine and then there's people that are thought leaders. There's people that are the best at what they do and they come out and they know more about a topic than other people. And they share that information, whether it be something that they created themselves or it's something that they've been doing for a long time, or it's something that they believe will help other people. So I got a lot of flack for telling people they didn't need a ton of followers and <laughs> including my wife would be like, well, you don't go viral. How come you don't go viral? And I was like, cause I don't do content like that. Like I don't, yeah. that's not the type of content I want to do. I don't, I don't want to do any of those types of things on the internet at this point in time. And then I've always enjoyed talking to people. I've always enjoyed meeting people and having conversations. I'm obsessed with achievement, not my <laughs> own, but other people's. I, yeah. I just obsess over how people do things and what their process is and what they do. So I was like, okay, and then I got sick of hearing people tell other people that money wouldn't buy their happiness. No, mm -hmm. it won't make you happy if you don't have it, but it sure as shit will support you in having less stress and getting the things that you want in life. Nothing that you want doesn't cost money. You have to have money to support anything that you want to do as far as happiness is concerned. So I came up with the, the phrase money supports happy because it may not make you happy, but it sure as shit supports it. Yeah. So we started doing this podcast and me talking to people and me having conversations with people having a practical understanding of success, meaning success is subjective. It's mm. you define it for yourself, whether you make $50,000 a year or $50 million a year, it doesn't matter as long as you are fulfilled. So I started having these conversations with people and through those conversations, I'm a very loud 
opinionated human being. <laughs> so that stuff tends to hit and go viral. Sure. And then I, I'm a guy that I have very thick skin. You're, you're hard pressed to offend me. The only people that offend me are the people that I care about. And I only mm -hmm. get offended because my feelings are hurt. You know, I learned, a, I learned a really good lesson after I adopted my daughter that, and I taught other people it through a program I created, but you are only angry when you're hurt. Mm. So if you can start to recognize that you're only angry when your feelings are hurt, you don't actually have to be as angry anymore. You can look at the situation and go, oh, I'm mad. Why am I mad? I'm mad because this person hurt my feelings. How did they hurt my feelings? They hurt my feelings by doing this or that or whatever they did, even if it's my kid, right? When I get mad at my kid, I'm mad because my feelings are hurt. I'm not mad because I want to be angry. I'm mad because I asked them not to do something or they scared me in some way that made me angry. Mm -hmm. So my feelings are hurt. So I get triggered to be angry in that scenario. So if I can avoid triggering myself to be angry and I can focus on the hurt, mm. then I can explain to you, hey, man, you hurt my feelings. You know, mm. you, this, is, this is why I'm upset. So now I don't, I don't get mad. So when people are in the comments just hating and trashing and trolling, yeah. I just troll right back because I think it's fucking funny. Yeah. I'm just like, really? You think that? Like, that's what you got from this video? That's yeah. your thought? All right, we're going to talk about this. How how is that your thought from the yeah. two minutes you just watched? Right. Yeah. So, people are people are so quick to have an opinion, and yeah. you know to to say something. I've even had people in the comments that don't even watch a full video, and yeah. will comment, and then I'm like, "Did you watch to the end?" Because I rectified that. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know that that's what I love about podcasting is you know it's so interesting when you post these little clips and you know that's what people like right because their attention spans lost in seven seconds so they love the little digestible clips but you know I, I have people that literally say well I don't agree with that you know I think it's I think it's this and I'm like well you should actually listen to the full two-hour podcast because right. we openly discuss and we go back and forth and we we do talk about that so you made a good point but don't make a judgment based off this clip like that's why I put the call to the action at the end <laughs> Watch right. the full episode on my channel. Like, so there's, but you know, people just don't, they don't want to do that. They don't want to watch or listen to two hours. They, they like to see that seven to 30 seconds and make a quick judgment and then just say something completely mean because it's not face to face. That's just how yeah. people they, are. Well, they get strong and they get, I mean, yeah. again, I'm hard pressed to get hurt because I only value your opinion as much as I value you. Right. So if, you're not somebody of importance in my life. It really doesn't matter what you think of me because you don't know me. That's and right. if you don't know me well enough to know what I have going on in my world or how I do what I do, and you're judging it off two minutes, right. man, I'm 43 years old. There's a lot of fucking minutes in 43 years that you don't know about. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's not a lot I can do for you if you want to judge my entire existence on two minutes. Right. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's there for. Like, yeah. I want you to feel something. I want you to... I want you to have a thought. Like, right. if I trigger you to have a thought, I did my job. Yeah. So if yeah. it doesn't matter to me if it's negative or positive, really. 
Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of negative thoughts and all like negative feelings and all that stuff. I mean, a lot of that stuff is good, right? Because it it gives people, as long as you have critical thinking skills, it gives people the opportunity to debate, go back and forth. And I mean, some of my best ideas and some of my best conversations started with disagreements. Right. You know, because through disagreements, you both hopefully, again, if you're smart enough to use critical thinking, you, you both can kind of figure out a middle ground and, you know, discuss a, uh, an interesting topic or a, a crazy topic that maybe you don't normally discuss. But yeah, two people just talking about things and, and disagreeing and um, negative thoughts uh, that, that spark good conversations, I think. So, well, that's one of the videos that I have on Instagram that is slow burning. And it has like 80,000 <laughs> views now, but it took like three months for it to get there. So I'm, it's just a weird video. Classic Instagram. The classic Instagram situation, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah. But it's it's about compromise. And I hate the word compromise. I refuse to compromise. Mm. And people get mad at me because they're like, well, compromise is important. It matters, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, compromise is not important. Compromise means that you're only coming to a solution through concessions, meaning mm. you're giving something up. I like the word resolution. If you matter to me, and we want to solve a problem, whether it's business or personal life, we need to come to a resolution. Otherwise, there, otherwise there is going to be resentment. If it's mm -hmm. a client, they're going to be resentful that I didn't listen to their full idea or their full thought. They're going to be resentful that they're paying me for something that they don't believe in or they don't think is working the way that they want it to work or that they don't understand. So it's my job to help them understand it and come to a resolution. But if I just say, oh, you're right, I'm wrong, I'll, I'll give in and do it your way. I'm giving up some of the quality of what I do in my work. And it's the same with a relationship. If me and my wife or even me and my daughter are having a disagreement and I make my daughter compromise every time I have a disagreement with her, she's going to have resentment towards me. She's not going to come to me with problems. Yeah. She's not going to, she's not even going to learn how to have a proper discussion or conversation about the shit that's going on in her life with the people in her life besides me. So there's, for me, compromise is such a huge issue that people are just brushing it off like, oh, compromise, resolution, same thing. You have to give something up to come to a resolution. You might have to give something up, but it has to be something that you're okay giving up. And right. that's the difference. And right? you like probably shouldn't do huge. it all the time. <laughs> no. Right, if you are going to do it at all. Right. Um, and where do you think that stems from? Like where, cause obviously as a species, we weren't always like that. Do you think just as we evolve, we get more and more soft and is it, we're listening to outside influences and we think we need to do that type of stuff and compromise? Like where, where do you think that stems from? I think it stems from, I think it stems from a, a part of mentality where one, we want to be people pleasers. Two, we're told as kids, we're told literally as children that we have to give some stuff up. Like, and, yeah, and you have to find a balance in that, right? Like I look at my daughter and say, hey, you have to share. Sharing is different than compromising. Or, mm. hey, you can't have the whole box of cookies. You can have two, right? Or you can have three, whatever it is, but you can't have all 100 cookies that are in there. There are consequences to going overboard, right? So... I think, again, it comes down to people are defining words based on how they feel about them instead of what they actually are. And if, you f if you're if you taught to feel that compromise is a good thing, that, oh, if a relationship's going to work, you have to compromise. 
what a shitty way to start your relationship. Right. Like what a terrible way to yeah. walk into a relationship and be like, oh, I just have to give everything up for this person. And, you know, like back in the 50s, that was women's lives before the 50s. Right. Women have had to compromise almost their entire existence. Everything up until recently. And even still now, there are many of them that, are, that have to compromise. Like, and I don't have to specifically compromise in my life as much because I get that I have privilege. I get that I was raised in a loving family. I get that I don't have to be fearful when I walk down the street mm -hmm. or of bad things happening to me or something that's going to occur. But it stems from this idea that somebody else is in power and to please that power, you have to compromise your beliefs or your things that matter to you so that they will give you what you want. If you're compromising to get what you want, you're not really getting what you want because yeah. you have to give up a piece of yourself. So I think yeah. it stems from that whole mindset and mentality of I don't want to argue. I don't want to fight. I don't want to go into war. We'll just give something up that is enough for them to go away. Most people compromise when they want to want somebody to go away. Yeah, because that's kind of our fear, right, is is conflict. Right. Right, like that's what it boils down to is we we don't want to go down that path maybe because it's going to take 40 minutes of our time or two hours of our time to argue or, you know, to disagree and come to that resolution. And, yeah, it's going to be challenging and tough and it's going to be an uphill battle and, you know, we might get a little dirty along the way, but people are just scared of that. And, uh, again, it's, it's I, a, I, I like what you said about getting soft. I mean, that's probably – that makes a lot of sense because you see it happening. I mean, it's getting worse and worse with a lot of different topics. I mean, this is a 10-hour podcast if we go into everything that's making us soft. But um, that, that makes a lot of sense now that, now that you, think, you say that. So I don't know you from Adam. I've, this is the first time I've ever even spoken to you. Your <laughs> choice of words is very interesting to me. Oh, we're yeah? talking about we're talking about a disagreement and we're talking about we're talking about resolution and compromise. Mm -hmm. And you immediately go to argue for hours or, or disagree for hours. Yeah. See, I look at it and I think, how do I have a discussion? Mm. How do I how do I solve the issue through words? Yeah. Right. So how do I discuss it or how do I understand your point of view yeah. versus how do I argue with you or how do I disagree with you? I'm not here to disagree with anybody. If you disagree yeah. with me, that's OK. You're entitled to your opinion. And sure. then I have to evaluate the importance of you in my life. A disagreement mm. with my wife is much different than a disagreement with you. I don't know you. That's true. So if you and I disagree yeah. on something, I have to evaluate, okay, he thinks compromise, like you don't, but for example, he thinks compromise is the most important thing. I think it's not. Right. How important is it for me to convince you that compromise is not the best way? Zero. It's not that important to me. Yeah. But with my wife, it's imperative mm. because I never want her to feel resentment. I never want her to feel like she is in a place where she's giving up something because she feels like she has to for me. That's a terrible place to be, especially yeah. in a loving relationship. Yeah, for sure. No, it's a great point. And yet I'm, I'm not even sure why I use, you know, those words. Uh, it's, it definitely stems from my childhood. You know, I come from sure. a family of divorce. So to me, it was only, you know, if, the, if you disagree with something, it led to an argument. But, you know, I, I guess I grew up as looking at that disagreement and arguing or, 
you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, as a good thing. Because, you know, it, it might take five to 10 years, but eventually now you look at like my parents and they're both divorced, been divorced for 20 something years. My dad's remarried. He's happy. My mom's on her own. She's happy. And, you know, again, they just had to disagree a lot and they eventually they, they cut ways. So, uh, but I think if they did in fact sit down and, and have conversations and figure out ways to come to that resolution, would they have had a better marriage? Possibly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll never know. And I, I think a lot of people out there can can take a look at their lives and say, mm, I can kind of relate with that a little bit because, I mean, me personally, I've been in relationships prior to my wife that I definitely did not by any means have conversations with my my <laughs> my previous girlfriends to where I just did what I wanted to do. And if they told me to do something, I said no. And there was no sit down conversation by any means. And I think as we get older, yeah. we realize that there are certain people that you want to have those conversations with. And, uh, you know, hopefully those relationships get stronger over time. Yeah. That's the but, goal, right? We've all been yeah. there. And I think that's why it's, I think that's why I think it's so important to have conversations like this on TikTok and have them where the young people are. That's right. Because man, if I had people talking like this and I had access to it when I was in my twenties and I actually listened and believed in it, oh, for sure. it would make, it would have made my life a hell of a lot easier. For sure. I got in my own way a hell of a lot when I was in my 20s yeah. and in my teens, you know? Yeah, yeah you and me both, dude. Yeah, it's, it was a it was a gnarly time for me because they separated when I was in my teens and then got divorced when I was 15. So, of course, for any 15-year-old boy, that's a crazy time as it is. You sprinkle yeah. in some animosity in the family and two Christmases and two birthdays and two this and two that and sharing custody every other weekend and um, changing schools. You factor that in. Uh, I definitely had a very rebellious eighteen to twenty six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was I bet. was my age bracket. But you know, again, I, I always I look back now and I say, well, you know, of course I was a I was a young boy, I was impressionable, and I was hanging around the wrong crowd, and all that is definitely a factor. But you know, to your point, if we had outside influences, where my dad and my mom did. I think the best job that they could in that specific situation, because it's new to everybody. I mean, every every situation we get into, whether it's a divorce or a bad relationship or a shitty time at work or you have a bad boss or a bad, I mean, we're only trying to do the best we can. I mean, you can listen to advice and listen to Dr. Phil and whoever, whoever motivates you. <laughs> Right. Yeah, whoever you decide. Whoever you decide is the best. Um, but, you know, we're all just trying to do what we can. You know, I, as I got older, I realized that everyone is just trying to get through this thing as best we can and educate ourselves the best possible. But it's uh, it's more funny when you realize the history of like our species. Like I'm big into that. And I talk a lot about that on my podcast to where, you know, doctors back in the day used to prescribe cigarettes because they thought it was a good idea. So now yeah. you look at you look at everything to where I think we're all just trying to get through this and figure it out and. The only way we can all get better is through conversation. And that's what is so fascinating to me about podcasting when I started doing it two, three years ago is I've learned not only so much like just in this conversation, but the 200 something episodes that I've done, I always try to have people on of um, to discuss topics that I'm passionate about or that I'm curious about or that I don't know about because I've learned not only so much through them, but I become more objective myself and more open-minded myself. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier when you when you first came on where words matter. And I didn't know a lot of words and I didn't know a lot of information prior to starting this podcast and through conversation, 
and through discussing and even disagreeing at some times. But through those conversations, I learned a ton. And if you don't want to record it and put it out to the universe, you should at least have these sit-down conversations with your family and friends because it is very beneficial for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's interesting because I – you would think that I was a good student by the way I talk about words. And I graduated high school with like an eighth grade reading level. I basically <laughs> snuck out of high school, like through the back door. That's impressive. Um, and I didn't really, well, because I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to do and I knew how I wanted to get there. And I knew that at a very young age, I knew how to work systems hmm. and how things were supposed to work. So I was like, oh, okay, you just need this from me. Got it. I can do that. And reading was embarrassing for me because I did like I I have ADHD, which I didn't know about until I was in my twenties. Uh -huh. I'm bipolar, which I didn't know about until I was in my twenties. Uh -huh. So those are all things that played factors in my life as a kid. And then I was bullied a lot. And then my I moved schools in eighth grade. So I went from public school to a Catholic school in eighth grade. That's a switch. So my first seven, and I was basically an atheist as a mm. kid and my parents knew it, but they sent me to a Catholic school anyways. So I went wow. there and it was just fucking traumatizing. Oh, and then know. from high school, from eighth grade into high school, I switched to another school that was out of town where I didn't know anybody. So the first year and a half of high school, I was bullied almost every day, even though I played sports and I wasn't a bad athlete. Like I was good. Like I was a starting athlete, yeah. but because I was in a new town, it was very tough on me. But the difference is I would go home and I was very much loved. I was loved very much by my parents and they were very supportive of letting me know that whatever I do is good by them. That's huge. And my parents made it very important for me to understand that effort mattered, not grades. They, my mom was very big on what are the comments that your mm. teachers are saying about you, not what are your grades. So I was like, oh, so I'll just make my teachers like me, and <laughs> then I'm fine, yeah. right? So it, I used this and we and the schoolwork was hard for me. I didn't get it. it. It was very hard for me to comprehend and learn the way that they wanted me to learn. So yeah. in my 20s, when I figured out how I learn, then I was just like, it was like fireworks going off every time I learned something. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is how I learn. Oh, this is, I get this. this I can exciting. do this. I yeah. can understand this. This is exciting yeah. to learn shit now because I can <laughs> learn my way, right? Yeah. So it's, words became very important to me when I found out that I was bipolar mm. because I was triggered a lot. So I don't know how much you know about bipolar, but it's you literally you kind of walk through life getting triggered by just about everything and it either pisses you off or gets you super excited there's no like level gray area, playing yeah. field it's either like this is the best fucking thing ever or it's this is the worst thing ever i'm gonna kill everybody <laughs> yeah. like you just get like really aggressively angry or you get really aggressively excited wow. and then adhd is an impulse problem it's not really as much about being distracted as much as it's about impulsivity. Mm. So a lot of people talk about ADD and they're like, oh, that just means you can't pay attention. No, it doesn't mean I can't pay attention. It means I have these ideas and these thoughts that happen so fast that I don't give them time to finish being a thought. I just start doing whatever it was that I thought would be fun mm. or exciting, which is where it can get really, you can get yourself in a lot of fucking trouble sure. because, you know, 
try going gambling with ADD. It's right. a fucking mess. You're like, oh, I can do that. I'll just bet. I'll just, oh, okay, I got a system now. I'll just do this. You just keep piling stuff on because as with ADHD, it's more about figuring it out and executing it than it is about being distracted by something. You can get bored really easy. You can be like, oh, this is stupid. This is boring. I don't want to do it. Right. But when you want to do something, you hyper fixate on it until you fully understand it. And then you walk away from it. You're like, yeah, mm -hmm. no, I got it. I, I figured that out. I can like whether it's a game on your phone, a puzzle, a model, Legos, whatever it is that you decide that you're going to fixate on. You just go fixate on it until you get it. And then you go, oh, I get it. OK, I'm good. I'm going to move on from this. That's right. It's so, almost like you have too many tabs open. Right. right. So that's when words for me, because they put me on medication that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. They didn't like the way I felt on it because I didn't feel it probably was good for me, but I didn't like the way it made me feel because I didn't feel like me and mm -hmm. not feeling like me was a struggle. Yeah. So that's when I started looking at my world and going, okay, how can I fix this? Yeah. And that's when I created a program called the evolutions program and started teaching other people because my mom's a therapist. So I would, I did a, a basically a quote unquote life coaching class that I ran by her and through her because she was a licensed clinical therapist. Yeah. And I was like, what do you think of this? Like, what do you think if I lived like this? She's like, this is, this is great. She's like, you came up with this. I was like, well, yeah, I used different things to kind of put it all together. But, and then I looked at how I achieve stuff. And these are the five, these are the five habits that I use on a regular basis to get what I want. Mm. I just kind of put it into words and figured it out. And then this is how I can use words to understand what's going on in my world rather than using how I feel, I can look at what's really happening. And then if I can do that, then my brain likes words enough that I can, my ADHD kicks in and goes, wait, what's that word mean? Why is that? Mm -hmm. Why are they using that word? Okay. So if they're using that word for this reason, it doesn't mean what I think it means. So they're not trying to be hurtful. So I don't have to be mad. So now I can just be okay. And we can have a conversation. So really about just, why di just dissecting each individual word. Uh, not just to have a conversation, but also, I mean, for your sanity to control your Correct. illness, right? Right. Uh, and obviously you've seen massive benefits of doing that, I would imagine. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And when I share it with people and I discuss it with people and even in my program, I've helped people like reach awesome goals because I'm like, well, stop looking at it from. So for me, there is perception and there's perspective, mm -hmm. right? Perception is how we see the world based on how we feel about it perspective is the reality of what's actually happening. So if we can have some self-awareness and stop worrying about what we're feeling and mm -hmm. start looking at what's really actually happening, we can literally become much more effective. Yeah. Right. Cause we're That's not spending so our time worried about our emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially in the last decade, I would say it's, it's heightened, you know, humanity. Yeah. In fact, I think it was, uh, it was Ricky Gervais, uh, who's fantastic, but he yep. uh, he said something. I, I think I saw it on TikTok or Twitter or something, and uh, it just came to me as you were talking. But he said something along the lines of, "I don't want to butcher his joke," but he said something along the lines of, um, "Saying that you're offended by a joke is no different than you telling me that your leg hurts, because that's a you problem. You know, you're offended by the joke. Yeah, your your leg hurts, but because your leg hurts, that doesn't affect me in any way." Just like you're offended by my joke, that doesn't affect me in any way. 
you know, I'm not going to change my joke based off your feelings. The joke is the joke, and you need to control how you react to the to that joke or that feeling. And I think that's very true, and I think sometimes we forget, not only when we have conversations, but, you know, like we were talking about earlier, when we watch videos uh, on social media, we look at that video and we get offended by it. But right. that person on the video, like if you did something and I watched it and I didn't like it, you don't know me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching the video and I'm getting offended by it. That's not your problem as the person who posted it. That's my problem. I'm getting offended by it. And we, we need to kind of, like you did, sit back and just kind of look at those words and, and see how, whether it triggers me or how I react to it, like what's the problem and really dissect it. Because um, I've realized that through conversation and through really taking my time and talking with people, whether it's on camera, off camera, FaceTiming more, not messaging so much anymore. But even the conversations I have via FaceTime, I could have those same conversations in a text message and I would translate it completely differently. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's how we consume content. That's not good for us. You know, that's what I've, I've, I've strongly believed. I even did a TikTok on this uh, a few months ago where I think social media eventually should get to the point to where we can only comment on someone's page if it's a video. And then they can yeah. only comment back. Because <laughs> yeah. cause think about it. It's almost like, I mean, if you're driving and you're stuck in traffic and some dude cuts you off, you curse at him like you've never cursed before. You've said words that have never exited your mouth before. But if he was right in front of you, you would never say those words. You would never <laughs> react that way typically, right? Like, But because we're stuck in that glass box of our vehicle, we feel safe. And that's how people feel, I, th I think, on social media is they're safe in their little message box. You know, yeah. they're, they're safe in that comment section. But if it was like a video, I don't think anybody would post negative comments because they, they don't want that repercussion of having that face-to-face -face interaction. You know what I mean? Well, when you get a negative comment, do you ever go to the page of the person that sent you the negative comment? Depends on the level the of the time. comment. Sometimes, yeah. It's because it's I do hilarious. It for both. Yeah. I do it for both. And yeah. I think it's funny when people comment something that they think is super profound right <laughs> and then i'll go to their page and it'll be private and they'll have like four followers yeah and they'll be following like 10 people right. and i'll just be like wait what is this real like <laughs> is this actually what you're doing and it's sometimes like if it's not that it's the other extreme which is whether they have followers or not it's a public profile and their page is so controversial you know it, it's it's right. like you're commenting on me about parental advice but I go to your page and it's like racist Nazi behavior on your page. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Like you're being offensive. I'm not the one being offensive. Yeah. But it's 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 weird. People are weird, man. We just like uh, it's weird that we like conflict um one sided. Yeah. You know, like a, a lot of us just enjoy watching a car accident, but we never want to be in one. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we're just so fascinated with destruction, but uh, we don't like to confront it ourselves. We don't like to be a part of it ourselves. It's very interesting. It is interesting to me too. Mm. It's interesting to me the things that people focus on. Mm. And I always notice when people focus more on the negative than the positive in things. Mm. And I get caught up doing it too. Like I'm not like I'm not a perfect person. Like I never want anybody to think that like I'm over here going, well, I'm perfect and I do it this way and you should do it this way too. Yeah. That's not it. Like I, I have, I am very flawed. Right. I am, I am not.
perfect at life. I, I have some answers that have worked for me and I don't always, I don't always follow my own fucking advice, honestly. Yeah. Like, and I come up short and when I come up short, I do my best to look at people and be like, dude, I just came up real short. That's my mm. bad. That's, <laughs> that's totally on me. Like I shouldn't have done that to you. That's, that was my fault. Right. That's but huge. it's this idea of looking at people and understanding that they're human too. But I can I can learn a lot about what type of human you are by the shit you're interested in. Mm. It's so funny to me when people like even like on social media, right? We all know what type of person you are when we see your reels. Like if you just borrow somebody's phone for two seconds, be like, yo, let me see your real feed. Yeah. Like just open up your phone, close all your apps, open up your real feed on Instagram or TikTok or any one of them, and just look at the reels that pop up in somebody's feed. You'll know yeah. what type of person they are. Yeah. Like right there. You'll just be like, oh, this is, these are the things you're watching. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So true. Yeah. Your for you page is, is definitely for you. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely for you. So, yeah. and I, so I gave this advice to, so I did, uh, I, I'm in a group on Facebook called Dads in Business. It's a really cool group that this guy, Brian, Brian Waldell, started here in Connecticut. Oh, nice. um, and they asked me to come speak about living an authentic life on social media. And one of the things I told them to do for their teenage daughters, because a lot of them allowed them on social media, and I don't think, I don't think a lot of teenagers belong on social media. I don't think any of them do. Social media is basically like dropping your kid off at a bar and hoping for the best. So, I told them, if you've already allowed your kids on social media, what you want to do is you want to send them as many positive, influential reels as you can. And when they open them, it'll change their for you page to mm. all the stuff you're sending them because they're spending time watching those videos. So if you can send them more positive stuff than they can consume negative stuff, you win the algorithm. It's just AI. It can be tricked. Mm. So send your kids as much positive reels and as much fun stuff that you want them to see as you possibly can. And it will negate all the stuff that their friends are sometimes sending them or what they're doing. That's huge. Like, yeah, yeah. Just That's feed huge. it. Yeah. And that makes a lot. Of, and I mean, I think that practice could be applied to us. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, I, uh, I did a really interesting experiment with a my buddy was motivated by, um, Ari Shafir, who's a comedian and he did. Yeah. You're familiar. Yeah. He, he, he did like this thing where he got off, you know, his smartphone, he went to a flip phone. And then when he got back to a smartphone, he did, he liked nothing but puppy videos for 30 days, puppy yeah. videos on Facebook, Instagram, um, puppy, this puppy, that, and his entire feed was just nothing but cute puppies. Yeah. A and that again, can be true to all of us to where we always want to blame social media. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of negatives with social media. It's not, this is not, he's not the good guy, social media, yep. but he's definitely not the bad guy either. Uh, no. You know, we, we always like to point him as like the Russia of our phone. Like we need to just relax and just understand that we're kind of, we're provoking a little bit about what's in your feed. So I love the idea of sending <laughs> sending your kids uh, positive reinforcement because I think we need to send that to ourselves. Like send that to your friends as well. You know, send I send yeah. crazy stuff to my wife, like really funny stuff because now, of course, her For You page is all like pregnancy stuff. Yep. But occasionally, like because I'm such a nerd, I'll send her like, you know, things about space or the galaxy or like yeah. just like kind of out of the world thinking because I want her to be on my crazy weird nerd level as well. Yeah. 
Um, and she does the same thing for me. She kind of humbles me a little bit by sending me pregnancy stuff and puppy stuff because yeah. that is not on my feed. So my feed's very strange, but I think that's good. I think it's good that you have those positive, weird, funny things that you're sharing back and forth with friends and family because if you follow everyone else's algorithm, it's usually like, again, the car accidents. They like the weird, yeah. crazy, negative stuff, and then that consumes you. You know, if... If you're consuming a lot of content, which I try to post and ghost, that's usually a motto I try to do. Um, easier said than done, of course, especially if you got like a hot video because uh, yep. you want to get engaged with the community a little bit. But if you're not posting and ghosting, you're spending probably eight hours a day on social, and that's being oh, very yeah. conservative, right? So if you're consuming eight hours of negative shit, it's going to affect your mental health and it's going to affect your physical life and the people around you as yeah. well, no? Yeah, I mean, that's why it's so important to remember that your opinion is only as valuable as you are mm. to me. Mm. That doesn't mean you don't have value in the world. It just means you don't have value in my world. So right. I'm going to read your comments. I'm going to do my best to respond yeah. in kind, whether mm -hmm. you're being positive or negative. If you're being negative, I'm not going to be mean for the sake of being mean, but I am not going to take shit. Like you're talking about a kid that was I, like my childhood trauma is still there. I was bullied. Yeah. And if a bunch of strangers want to bully me on the Internet and you think I'm going to sit back and just be like, oh, shucks, you're probably right. I'm fat and stupid. Like that's mm. not really going to happen. Yeah. Like I'm going to dive in. I'm going to look at your stuff and I'm going to look at your feed and I'm going to find things that you have going on and I'm going to go, oh, this is you. OK, I get you now. Yeah. This is what you're doing. So this is your trauma, and this is why you were triggered, and that's okay. You're allowed to be triggered by me. And if you need a hug, I can give you my address, and you can come get one. <laughs> but that that's but like I'm not going to sit here and allow negativity to control me. Your negativity can't control me because I don't love you like that. That's right. Yeah, so, you, you can only control what you can control, right? I mean, yeah. You can't really control what people say about you. It's it's really how you can just react to those things. And yep. uh, yeah, you can either react positively or negatively to it. And, I mean, do you feel like if you do get bullied or if you do something shouts out in the comment section, like how do you typically like to deal with that? Do you deal with that as going to their page and if they're, you know, short and scrawny with freckles, do you bash them right back? Oh, no. or, or are you No, I don't, to, yeah. I don't go and attack them as a person. I look at their thoughts and then I use their feed to figure out why they commented what they commented. Mm -hmm. And then I'll respond to the comment. I'll respond to what you're saying. So yeah. if you say, like, I had comments where I told a story about how I made my daughter run after a game because she didn't put in the effort. So, and she, we had a standing deal that if you don't put in the effort now, you'll put in the effort later. Mm -hmm. That's called accountability. Yeah. So if you're in the game and you don't put in the effort that you chose to be in this game, and you chose to be part of this team and you didn't work hard enough, that doesn't mean you get out of the work. It just means that you have to do it after. And the lesson is do it right the first time and you won't have to do it longer. Mm. Right. Just like if you're doing A the dishes, lesson. if you're <laughs> right. Yeah. If I tell my daughter to do the dishes and she doesn't do them right, am I supposed to just do them for her or am I to call her back and make her do them correctly? Mm. I call her back and make them do them correctly. And it's not my problem that you wanted to watch your show or you wanted to talk to your friend or you like you if you had done it right the first time, you wouldn't be back in here doing it again. That's the lesson. Right. And that's taught through sports in my world because I was an athlete. So I had people commenting like, oh, 
well, this guy should take his own advice. He should run. Or, oh, imagine being told you're not putting in effort by this guy. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, so you're you're coming on here and fat shaming me because you don't understand the lesson. You're talking about my personal health, which you know nothing about. Like, you know nothing about my life. And I don't have a physical ailment that prevents me from losing more weight. I have a, I like food a lot and I don't <laughs> give a shit that affects me from not losing weight. But that doesn't mean I don't work out and that doesn't mean that I don't, I go to the gym three times a week. I have a trainer. I'm in pretty good shape. Like, I'm not like, could I stand to lose weight? Absolutely. Could I stand to be in better health? Absolutely. But that's not the point of my story. The yeah. point of my story is I'm teaching my kid a lesson and I was talking to, I was talking to a major league baseball hall of flame, hall of fame first baseman when we were having the conversation, we were talking about coaching the effort, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I've built a business on my own. I've lived in New York and LA. I've made movies that have sold worldwide. I have a movie coming out this month, February, that oh, is nice. going to be released worldwide that I made two summers ago. Like, I don't, like I don't need you to tell me what my effort is. Like it's not yeah. it doesn't affect me. And that's and again, me talking about it isn't you affecting me. Me talking about it is telling all the other people that are listening that want to understand it that that person doesn't hold the value that they think they hold in my life. They're mm-hmm. not renting space in my head. They're just creating more positive conversations for me to have with guys like you that have a following that don't know who I am that will listen and and learn that they don't have to hold every single thing every person says to them, about them, or around them personally because it doesn't fucking matter. It only matters as much as they matter. That's right. And, I mean, they try to create matter in their life by by shaming people or bashing people. And, you know, and and that happens a lot. And it's all new, right, with social media. I mean, the last 20 years, really, it's starting to escalate, but... You know, we're starting to realize that I don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. I think people just in, inherently are mean, you know, and, and yeah. angry at whatever, you know, angry at gas prices or Biden or Trump or Russia or whatever you're angry at. It's, it's irrelevant because when you start releasing that anger onto other fellow humans, that's when it becomes a problem. And a lot of people like to do that in the comments. And uh, it's unfortunate. But as long as we can, like you're doing, kind of spread the knowledge of, looking at that person, why are they like that? And not going back and bullying them, but just kind of understanding it, soaking it in, taking your time and just kind of understanding what's what's happening. Because a lot of us are just quick to jump right back at that person. And that's how conflict starts. And there is no resolution to it. But yeah, you don't want to lay down for sure. And I respect that of you. Because a lot of people ask me, I just had a, another creator on my show a few weeks ago, Heather Heather Parody. Shout out Heather Parody. She has a really great podcast, and, and she talks a, a lot about this. But we were kind of going in a debate, a very comfortable debate. But we were talking a lot about celebrities because she has a podcast where she'll pick apart each celebrity. And we were talking like Kevin Hart and the Oscars, somehow that came up, and Will Smith and all these folks. And then we ended up talking about how Kevin Hart decided not to go back on a tweet that he did like mm-hmm. 10 years ago. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. But the the reason he got pulled away from hosting the Oscar, he, he apologized and then he refused not to do it. And there's so many other celebrities and other creators, and including her herself, she had to kind of pull back on some things and delete things. And she asked me if I would ever delete any podcast. And I go, no, never. I, I would never delete a podcast, a tweet, a post. If I said it, I meant to say it. Whether it was right or wrong is irrelevant 
because I've done a lot of wrong things and I'm going to do a lot more wrong things. And me er eradicating what I did in the past doesn't change the fact of what I said. So like just because I didn't offend the millions of people that saw it, I still said it. And I might have offended one person back in the day. And that person is still going to walk around knowing that I offended them. So me erasing it off the internet doesn't erase it from time. So it's almost better to me anyway, and this is subjective, of course, but it's better to me that I just leave it out there because I I look back on the podcast that I originally did and all the posts that I did, and it was stupid, and I was argumentative, and I didn't listen to my guests, and you know I learned so much on episode one versus now I'm almost at 200, and I think it's cool that I could look back and understand my growth. I don't want to erase it just because it was bad quality or poor taste. You know, I, I find that to be irresponsible because uh, that's how we all grow. I mean, imagine if we erased everything and, and every single book, we got rid of slavery. And, you know, we got rid of the fact of how we treated women, like you said, back in the 50s. What if we just erased all those books and burned them? A hundred years from now, we won't know what Africans, American, African-Americans and women and what they had to power through and get to to be successful. You don't want to erase all that because it's part of history. Yeah, it might suck, but look at where we are and look at the growth of of these humans and, and different people. So, I mean, that's just how, how I feel. I mean, how do you feel about that that topic? I feel that failure is our best teacher. Mm. And if you're going to fail, which everybody does, if you don't fail, then you've never tried anything new. Right. So True. looking at where you are now versus mm. where you were, if somebody's offended by something I did 10 years ago, what I did 10 years ago made me the person I am today. And if I'm mm. different than, if I'm saying something different now than what I was saying 10 years ago, that means I've had growth. It means I came from somewhere and me leaving it up from 10 years ago or hearing what I said or knowing what I said on a podcast from before, if I've changed my opinion on that thing, then it's really important that you know that I changed my opinion and you ask me why I changed my opinion. Why right. is this now my new belief? Why is this, what happened that you went from believing this thing that now you believe this thing? Because mm -hmm. that might help somebody else on their journey find it faster. That's right. Whereas if I delete all that stuff and I get rid of it and it's now voided from existence and nobody knows how I got to the person I am today, which I'm a very different person at 43 than I was at 23, right. then they wouldn't know that journey. I guarantee yeah. you the people that knew me in New York when I was 23, looking at me talk right now are like, that's a lot of the same nanny, but yeah. man, he's evolved into a better version of himself. Yeah. Right? Sure. Like you're always yeah. going to be the person that you are at the core, right? Like I'm yeah. always going to be an asshole. That's just who I am. <laughs> it's just, it's just, that's my makeup. That's my design, yeah. but I'm much more effective at it now. Like I don't go around looking for battles. I don't look for fights. I don't look for arguments, yeah. you know, whereas in my twenties, I might've done that, but I don't do that anymore. And yeah. we talk, we've been talking about this kind of in a loop and kind of about the same stuff, but I don't look at people that make comments or want me to delete something or are offended by something. I don't look at them as angry or mad. I look at them as hurt mm. because you can't be angry if you're not hurt. Yeah. So if you're angry at me for something, that means that something in your trauma triggered you to be that way. So if I, mm. if, if you say something really mean to me and I go, Oh, that triggered you. 
And you go, I'm not triggered. I'm just saying that you dot, dot, dot. I'm like, cool. That just means you're triggered. Like you're angry. I'm not angry. You don't know. I'm like, you're right. I don't. I'm just reading it in text form. So mm -hmm. I, you're, you're right. I, I only can read it the way that I assume that you're saying it. And that's mm -hmm. me putting that on you. And I don't know what else to do with it unless you add some sort of emoji or change your words. Because <laughs> the words you're, you're using, this is what they mean to me. Yeah. This is what I'm getting from that. Yeah. And but I don't. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I, I was just going to say, and it's kind of what we were talking about before, right? Like you mentioned the conversations and the feelings of your wife is more important than a stranger. And yeah. usually, I mean, I don't know if, if you could relate with this, but I don't get angry at my wife. At least I, I haven't in quite some time. <laughs> but Yeah, right. I, I, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I get angry less at my wife than I do strangers. <sighs> Yeah. To your point earlier, right? Because, because it, again, it's I want to I care more about fixing our relationship, yes, than other people. So I love what you said about how when a stranger is angry at you and they refuse to say that they're angry, it's because they're hurt. It, it is right. something's going on, either what I said or what's going on in their personal life, and I think that's why empathy is such a huge part of what we're talking about. Because you know when you are talking to a stranger or whether it's in the comment section or whether it's for you know face to face i think it's important that you understand where they're coming from as well because i've been stuck in some very wicked situations to where i'll be having a conversation with somebody in person and they start getting a little little tense and the conversation gets elevated and i don't know why it just sprung out of nowhere i didn't say anything to trigger it turns out though something happened in their life you know their their girlfriend broke up with them their family member died and i didn't know about that prior to our conversation so, so i triggered something in them not intentionally of course but they took it the wrong way and they got angry so i think it's important that we also understand that if you see someone getting angry yeah they they might be hurt at something you said but they also might be hurt at something that has nothing to fucking do with you and yeah, yeah that's why it's, we can't be so quick to be triggered ourselves we have to really just sit back and, and understand what's happening in the conversation. Yeah, that's the work, right? There's yeah. a there's there's that old golden nugget that everybody loves that I another one I can't fucking stand. But <laughs> treat people the way you want to be treated. Uh, I fucking yeah. hate that phrase. Yeah, that's and the reason I hate it is because you don't want to be treated the way I want to be treated. Mm -mm. You want to be treated the way you want to be treated. So treat mm -hmm. people the way they want to be treated. Right. Yeah. That that's the real thing that needs to happen. Yeah. And that's why I laugh when you say, Oh, I don't get angry at my wife. I think I get more angry at my wife than any other person on earth most days because <laughs> she is magically capable of hurting my feelings and not giving a shit. <laughs> and and she that's knows why I love her so much. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I love her so much because she challenges me. And yeah. she challenges me unapologetically. And I will have to do multiple versions of, of myself, and sometimes that includes anger, yeah. for her to even start engaging because mm. of her own trauma and her own life and things that went on with her. Like they, sure. like, And that's me going, oh, you can't have me be calm right now. You want to yell and swear at each other. Okay, let's, let's go. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. And then I'll hug her and laugh at her when I'm done and be like, is that what you wanted? We're good now? Yeah. She's like, get away from me. You're an idiot. And, I'm like, <laughs> and she'll be laughing about it. And I'll be like, yeah. yeah, well, you're the one that wanted to be yelled at, not me. I don't, yeah. that's not how I would solve this issue. But you want to yell at each other and swear at each other? Let's go. Let's get yeah. it. That's so, so it's, funny. it's, for me, it's yeah. really truly 
understanding what that other person wants mm -hmm. out of the relationship, right? Yeah. It, it's one of those. So what to you, let me ask you a question. What's mm -hmm. the most important thing in a healthy relationship? Okay, so, so far this, I think, has been an awesome episode. I learned a lot more from Danny. This is just part one. Head over to wherever you're listening to the podcast. Make sure you listen to part two. And if you haven't already, visit the episode notes. I'll link everything there below. And you can also listen to and see the sponsors of today's episode. So again, head over to part two.